Welcome into a very moody sports show. I'm Daniel Moody. And this is Zach Whittington. Episode 84. This is going to be one of the easiest episodes we've ever done, Daniel. Is it? Yeah, well, 84. It, the, I'm not naming the episode after anybody but Randy Moss. Oh, so Pro- Coining. Here's the thing about Randy Moss. Arguably best receiver ever. There's like quotes floating out there that he's literally the most God-given talent ever to grace a football field. One of the fastest mans. One of the uh, best hands, uh, best personalities, best celebrations, best afro at one time. Uh, best of great all. quotes. I mean, literally, you have to say Jerry Rice is the best receiver ever because of the championships, but everyone's going to say that they would rather have Randy Moss almost. You, you pick up game of football. I have 20 people available. Randy Moss, heavy consideration, first pick. Every time. I mean, and honestly, we talk about Randy Moss and that NFL career, but like, don't forget the underrated, just all time great career in the thundering herd of Marshall. I mean, like, he literally made a university into what it is today, I would say, just by going there and being the talent he was. So, yeah, Randy Moss, like, like you said, all time great in literally multiple categories. I would contend all time great of the all time greats. All-time great of the all-time great? That is, I mean, it's, it's. I'm not saying that's for sure, but, like, we could have a conversation about it. It could be debated. Debate? Debate. We could even podcast. We could it. podcast maybe one episode, perhaps. So, speaking of podcast, my, uh, my, one of my work supervisors is listening to this podcast. So, Brian, Ooh, if you're listening to episode 84, out. you said you listened to 82. So, if... If you're really that big of a fan, you'll hear this message. If you're checking in every four to five episodes, I can't help you that much. But if you listen week by week, maybe week? every other week, hey, shout out Brian, you would have heard this. But if not, he did tell me he Falls listened on to episode ears. 82. <laughs> so uh, we do have growing crowds out there. And in different states, different area codes, Shannon Sharp episode, which sent me into a panic and made me go listen to the episode. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs> I don't ever remember. I have work colleagues listening to me now. So you got to think about these things, especially in our current states. But uh, great episode. We talked. It was the Shannon Sharp episode, first tight end, Club Shay Shay. Also, we mentioned Phil Mickelson. And little did we know two weeks ago, Daniel. Three weeks ago, because we missed a week. Phil Mickelson won a major. The oldest golfer ever. I mean, how foolish... You looked, Zach. I do believe you quoted yourself as saying that Phil Mickelson, it's fun to watch him. Was it shank of shank the shots, perhaps? Something along those lines. Shank. I shank shots. I shank shots. But I'll tell you, Phil, 50 years old, out there, Kiowa, South Carolina, Kiowa Islands, man, he looked fantastic. And honestly, it was crazy to watch as, like, he he grabbed hold of that lead early Thursday, and I was watching. You know, I, at this point, I'm a consistent golf watcher as we've been trying to get out on the golf course a little more lately. So I enjoy watching golf. I'm thir- off on Thursday, so I'll catch those early rounds. Watching Thursday, I was like, you know, it's great, but Phil's not going to hold on to the lead. Never relinquished the lead one time all tournament. It's crazy. 72 holes. 72 holes straight. You know what happens bang, bang, if you bang. lead? A tournament for 72 straight holes, Daniel. You win the PGA Championship. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> great, great, uh, great coverage there, but Daniel. But um, I'm happy for Phil, man. 
with Tiger especially being out, I mean, the two are almost synonymous. You could say Tiger Woods, you don't necessarily think of Phil, but if you were to think of another golfer when you say the words Tiger Woods, it's Phil Mickelson. They have been connected since the late mid-90s all the way until now. They've played golf for 30 years in front of our eyes, and Phil, he's a great quote. He's a he's a he's the fan favorite, I would say. Where Tiger used to cuss out fans for talking in his backswing and their phone flashlights and camera flashes and the scandals. Phil Mickelson's just been Phil Mickelson forever, and he's been uh, <laughs> signing golf balls, giving out golf gloves, cracking jokes. Well, and Phil winning this championship actually gets a lot of people that are not just fans of golf alone, but fans outside of golf, fans that are you know older people. There's younger generations that are enjoying this. This is something that me that is going across just generations that they're enjoying the fact that Phil Mickelson's back in the victory lane. Like, here's my example. With all these new upcoming best golfers ever, I'll name like three or four of them just to uh, shit on the fact that there are no golfers as good as Tiger Woods or Jack Nicklaus. Um, all these wannabe Tiger Woods new age guys that you're claiming they're just as good. They're not. Bryson DeChambeau. I don't care if you can drive it 400 yards. I never play golf and I can too. Uh, who was the other one? Brooks Kapka. Where have you been for two years? Easy Brooks. on Brooks. He did just get off the knee surgery. Reconstructed knee. But that being said, Brooks Kepka does struggle. He does struggle a lot. Uh, you see him struggle in championships a lot. But Lee Westwood, number one in the world. Haven't heard from you for 10 years. Ricky Fowler. Have you even won a tournament? Spieth has been struggling Spieth? a lot lately. Spieth? Justin Thomas? Justin Bubba Thomas Tom- didn't make the cut for the weekend. Where, where's a, where's DJ? Y'all, be, y'all better be afraid DJ's not doing good because he's the only golfer that's even close. So, And that's Dustin Johnson. Shout out Chanticleers. Uh, <laughs> multiple-time national champions in different sports, Coastal Carolina. But anyways, I'm, this is just the point. You have all these guys out there, and a 50-year-old Phil's taking you for a walk at the PGA. I mean, he did. He took them all for a walk. Showed him how Louis Ustazen and uh, Brooks Kepka were probably the two that you would say were right there at the end of the end of the tournament, trying to make a run against him. But I mean, Brooks Kepka was in the party with Phil. He was in Phil's party on that last day, and so Brooks was like front row seat, and he had some chances. But like, I'm assuming there was just a lot of pressure on him. And uh, Zach, did you see what happened on the last hole? the uh, frenzy that broke out as they walked up to the green. What was your perception on that? How'd you feel about it? I definitely feel, I'll say, just want to state this definitely gave you the feeling that uh, we're getting back to normalcy as far as sports and fans and, and things. Cause yeah, and we'll you're talk, seeing it across sports. We'll but. talk about that in a minute with NBA, but golf alone for is here's the thing. I love golf. I love playing golf. I love watching golf. And it takes time. It comes with age. You don't like onions when you're a kid. You grow to like onions. You grow to like black coffee. You grow to like fine things like wood and leather. And you grow (laughs) to like golf. Golf become you have to sit there and don't just flip it on and be do what everybody says. Oh, I hate golf. Golf's amazing. Watch golf. It's hard to do. Watch what they're doing because they're doing things you nobody can do. Yes, it is a sport that doesn't require you to be in the weight room all day, every day, maxing your body out anabolically and sprinting a 4-3-40. 
and you're not getting hit like a gladiator. But you know what? It's a sport that ages well. It's a sport that you can play in retirement to keep you alive as an old person. And it's a sport that Phil Mickelson is still good at in winning championships at age 50. And the crowd goes wild because they feel the way I feel. I have cold chills. I wish I was in the crowd. Wish I'm getting drunk with the boys watching some golf on 17. That's what I want to see. I do want to go to a tournament at some point. I think that would be a fun thing for the crew to do. There's Um, that one hole. I, I think it's the Phoenix Invitational or something. The 17th hole is the loudest hole in golf. There's like a gallery. You walk down, and they're just like beer flying in the air. Like they're allowed, <laughs> and I think that's something you see across golf now a lot is that they're allowing more of the fan cheering and stuff evolved into the game. Um, but that being said, uh, Sunday as Phil's walking up the to the green, there is literally thousands of people who just come trailing behind him onto the fairway definitely not planned by the pga you could see that uh they were the security was a little out of the sorts um and i was good with it. it's fine but one thing i did say i felt bad for brooks kepka man imagine being him and having to walk through all that he just coming off knee surgery you got people packed in there just bumping on you like a little nerve-wracking a little i sucks for him a bit nah Make yeah. a few more shots, you'd be the one in front of the crowd, <laughs> not in the crowd. Sorry, Brooks, that's why we're talking about Phil. No sympathy for Here's that. Here's Randy Moss got the episode. We're going to put Dash Phil Mickelson. That's Dash what we're Phil. doing. PGA champ <laughs> Phil Mickelson. <laughs> but anyways, we already prefaced it. We prefaced the crowds, the lack of care for uh, germs. And speaking of germs, let's talk about basketball. And let's talk about the fans. Let's just go straight into it. Daniel. Oh, man. So, germs specifically, there's... M- about three occurrences over the last like couple days from the NBA playoffs of just chippiness, heckling. It seems rivalry may be coming back into the NBA a bit. Yeah, playoff basketball is better than regular season basketball, but apparently you have fans spitting over 50 cents shoulder in Madison Square Garden onto uh, Trey Young, the point guard of the Atlanta Hawks, because they're losing the game or were they winning it that, that was the game they won but i think they were losing oh, at the time very classy of uh the new york knicks who shut down streets of new york celebrating a 1-1 tie <laughs> against the atlanta hawks here's the thing daniel beginning of the year i told you the atlanta hawks sucked because <laughs> they, they did they did they were <laughs> terrible and then they fired nate mcmillan and you see exactly uh, they they fired their coach they hired nate mcmillan um Lloyd, P- uh, Lloyd Pierce gone from the coaching services, but uh, Atlanta eighteen at two at home. It's crazy since firing. It's crazy. Nate McMillan, how are you not coach of the year? I mean, he if he I think if Nate McMillan had been coach of the year all year, he or coach of the coach of the Hawks all year, he may have been coach of the year potentially. But you're not how do you have a better him. case than what we've seen? They were horrible. You literally fire one person and promote another guy, and then they're great. Well, and it, it or is seems it, is it addition by subtraction? I don't think so. It appears that bad. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is I think Nate McMillan is letting the Hawks play more into the what their potential is built to do. Where I think we are allowing Trey Young to just decide all the time. All right, Trey, the ball is yours. It's sort of what you see with the Warriors and Steph Curry. They're all out there doing what they're doing, but in reality, it's like they say. Clay Thompson will tell you. You know, Steph passed you the ball right there on the three point line, not because he wants you to find an open guy or find an open look he's doing that because he wants you to hold the ball till he gets to his spot and he wants it back and, and that's what we're doing with trey young and he's not 
jacking up as many of the half court threes. Like I get it, he made one last night in the game or the night before. I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm watching all the games. I can't keep up with. There's yeah, like, it was last There's night. three to four NBA playoff games a night. It was Forgive last night. Me, for, but yeah, you are. Yeah. But he made a one from the logo. Here's the th- okay. Let's talk about logo shots. Hijacking the show. Hijacking the show. <laughs> in terms of Steph, Cur- there's there's three guys I will talk about logo shooters. Number one, obviously, Steph Curry. Best shooter of all time. Number two, in my opinion, one of the top five shooters of all time, Damian Lillard. Absolutely. Logo Lillard. Number three, Trey Young wants to be in the club. He wants to be a logo shooter. Is there anyone I'm missing? LeBron does it just to show the fact that he can do it, but he's not a logo shooter. Nobody else is one that, like, when they're taking that shot. It's like all three of those guys, when they take that shot, it's not like they've changed their shot. They are taking a shot that is their formed regular shot is just from the logo. LeBron, he's probably putting a little more oomph in it. There's a little more body behind it. I'm assuming they are the only ones taking it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Well, it's the willingness to take it, too. Those are the three guys, I mean, unless I'm blatantly forgetting somebody, which I don't think I am, that will willingly take a logo shot. But here's the thing about the logo shot. These logos are pretty big. These logos aren't just at half court. We're Mm. talking about logo shots like you're shooting from a small circular logo. Now, there's like the state of Utah, it takes up three quarters of the court, and then like, oh, you're pulling up from that, or you're pulling up from a Warriors logo that's like one foot away from the three-point line in the top left corner of the logo, and we're calling it logo shots. No. You're just taking a long three. We used to just say Kobe range, but then you made these logos bigger, and now it's logo range, and we're acting like they're making half-court shots all the time? No. They're making three-pointers behind the line. They're not making half-court shots. There's a, call it a half court shot if they shoot from half court. Don't call it a logo shot. Look, half court I'm shots. I'm adamant def- about this logo. Half thing. court shots. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on the fact that like a half court shot to be a half court shot, you have to re- like you have to lo- your foot either has to be at the half point line or you have to jump from behind like, it. behind it over the line and, here's and the release thing. the ball before you get to the ground. Here's the thing. So, you know, the the, cir- the center circle that's, like, usually outlined and covered up by these big-ass logos? Yeah, that little thin circle. So, if you're shooting from behind that, we're going to call it from behind half court. If you're shooting from the three-point line of the opposing side of the court, I'm okay with you calling it three-quarter court shot. I'm okay with you calling it full court shot. Yeah, that's definitely a full court that in my is, book. Full court is anything if you check the ball in and... If you pulled turn it around and just pulled up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With one, half a second on the clock. Full court shot. And as you get close to half court, if you're on the logo, we call it a half court shot. It, from behind the logo, the, the center line. And then, come on, guys. Logos are too big. You're not making logo shots. Logos need to come down a size. I'm going to go ahead and say it's not the Randy Moss episode. It's not the Phil Mickelson episode. It's the NBA logos need to be smaller episodes. Small logos episode. Smaller logos. We're changing that episode name a few times. We're going to workshop it. And Miami Heat wore their uh, yellow championship. Championship gold. Championship gold jerseys. They're going to get swept out of the first round. Bring your brooms to the Heat Stadium if you're not a Heat fan because the Bucks are about to give you all the sweep for sure. Bucks are going to sweep. And the thing is, Jimmy Butler said, just get me there to the playoffs and I'll take care of the rest. And, uh... Well, either we're about to see an amazing comeback, <laughs> or so. the Miami Heat are going to get eliminated tonight. <laughs> well, and my question for you is like, watching the series of the Heat versus the Bucks, Giannis has not been like 
exactly the most dominant player on the full floor, but the Bucks have looked like the most dominant team in the NBA at this point to me. I think so, the Miami Heat looked that bad. Do you think that's more this Heat so, looked that bad? So we're going to... Dude, I was yelling about this yesterday, and you weren't there. I'm going to rewind it 20 episodes, maybe. Bam Adebayo is not a max player, and I'm still mad about it. And we're... <laughs> com- we're, we're everyone was... On the train, they give Bam Adebayo $160 million, and Gordon Hayward, I know he's hurt. We, I He's always it, hurt. I saw it a mile away. He was going to get hurt. We gave him 120 over four. But Bam Adebayo's a max player. Jimmy Butler's a max player. You have two max players. And Bam Adebayo, if he's that good, why are you getting swept out of the first round by a team that you beat last year? Same exact team. And Tyler Hero, uh, not looking too heroic, Duncan Robinson's your best player in the first round series. Like division rival the Hornets. I even like the Miami Heat, but for the media reaction to Bam Adebayo getting paid versus Gordon Hayward getting paid by Charlotte, when our team went from dumpster fire to if we were not hurt injury bug and the third youngest team in the league, we would be Possibly the sixth the, seed where the, the Miami playoffs. Heat is or the fifth seed. So Miami Heat colossal failure colossal failure like cannot overstate that enough like horrible you were in the play you were in the finals last year with the same team well and you would say i would think the the tyler hero situation that's probably absolutely just related to the fact that it was bubble no fans i think there's a lot it's a lot different of a game for him this year don't be pulling your lip pulling your chain pulling your jersey acting like you're i'm a humble athlete man don't celebrate like Score a touchdown, hand the ball off. Like, I feel you. I like that. Like, I like that. It's it's more hardcore when you just are chill about it. Mm. Um, and then Bam Adebayo, I do think it's tough. They're asking a lot of him to try to go into the paint and go up against, like, when you watch the games, Bam's going into the paint and having to either have, like, it's Brooke Lopez, Giannis, or both. Doesn't and matter. Doesn't he's matter. not. He doesn't have a chance, but at the same time, Jimmy Butler's the big question in this series for me. What has happened? That man has hit like eight shots over he's four nine, games. He's like nine of 31 or something like that. But it's, either either he, way. They are, like Jimmy Butler has looked massively but, but here's incompetent the answer, compared to what he typically is. The answer lies in the Los Angeles Lakers. It lies with Anthony Davis. You look at Anthony Davis, who by all accounts, if you ask me, same similar player to Bam Adebayo. Very similar player. Look at game one from this series, the Lakers lose. Anthony Davis has, like, what, 13 points, five boards, or something like that? I may be bumping his stats up. You did, definitely. I don't think he scored in the double digits. If he didn't, and he said the game was on me. Look at the last two games of the Lakers. Anthony Davis, 37, 12, and 5. You know what he's done? Layups, dunks, layups, dunks. Stop pulling mid-range shots if you're 7'1". Well, End of story. That's what you saw that first game. DeAndre Aiden sort of kept uh, Anthony Davis from going to the rim, and... Aiden's looked good. I'll say DeAndre Aiden, Aiden's he's great. looked great. Aiden's great. But yeah, when 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 Anthony Davis and this is something I think you saw last year in the bubble playoff, Anthony every time the Lakers would lose, Anthony Davis would have like two points, twelve points or something, like no points at all. Like he's just not aggressive. When that man says, I'm gonna put my head down and get at the bucket, the Lakers are unstoppable. LeBron then has the ability to do what he does where he's just swiveling through defensives and going straight to the bucket because like they're opened up. It's it's, it's on crazy. Le- on the LeBron end, man, LeBron disappears when the Lakers are on offense for this specific reason. Yes, he brings the ball up. Yes, he's LeBron James. If you're watching the game, you're focused on what, the at least the last two, you're focused on what Anthony Davis is doing. Because mm-hmm. that man, 
it's literally like, okay, we're across half court. Okay, let's set up the play because Anthony Davis is just going to drive to the rack and get a layup or get give me thirty. That th give me thirty points doing that, please. No, like all night, take time off the clock, get fouled, get him in foul trouble, go to the line. You can make the foul shots. And what's happening at the same time is LeBron James is chilling. He's chilling. He's just all he's doing is hanging around the three point line, moving around, moving around, jacking up a shot here and there, doing a fadeaway on the baseline. Fourth quarter comes, he's got energy time to drive to the rack. Works hard, gets all or third his quarter points. comes. Because third quarter is arguably just as important as the fourth. I understand the fourth is the end of the game. The score actually is finalized then. How you come out of the locker room. But you, you build that lead, come out of the locker room, then the fourth take, quarter is done. Or cut into a deficit. Cut into, yeah. So if you're down 15 and you come out of the locker room, knock 10 off that real quick, it's a five-point game. Like, but if you come out of the locker room flat and they put up seven more points, you're down 22, you give up, you mail it Best in. Best game. So it's basketball is a game of runs. It's very tricky, and you got 30 you got year 18, 37-year-old LeBron out there who's still dunking, who threw down a crazy alley-oop. He was a foot and a half above the rim. When that leads me in the Brooklyn Nets, Blake Griffin, 29 dunks since joining Brooklyn. He had zero dunks Slight in rebirth. 25 games. Slow down on the rebirth. Uh, maybe. Uh, zero dunks in 25 games for the Pistons. So, obviously, it wasn't working that hard for the Pistons. But at the same time, Blake Griffin does not get up, bro. It looks like he is struggling to get the ball above the rim, and he crashes through the floor after most dunks. Heavier man nowadays, probably. It, it, I mean, he's just—I mean, he's like not ten as years. He's like twelve years in. I get that, but Blake Griffin used to skywalk, dude. He mm -hmm. used to literally be a skywalker. Like he has two to three of the best all-time dunks. Like that DeAndre Jordan alley oop, mm -hmm. where DeAndre Jordan ended that man's life from Chris Paul, is. I mean, that dunk was crazy. But that dunk happened right after Blake Griffin's two posters that turned him into a superstar. Superstar, and then he, from he, there, the dunk contest, everything after that. He was that. a foot and a half over the rim, just like LeBron just was. But it looks like Blake Griffin's trying as hard as he can just to get his hands up I mean, he is. You got to think. There's a reason you went so long without dunking, because it's probably not that easy. And, like, yeah, I know. you I know, know, when you're with the Pistons and you're playing for the but Vince literally Carter, last place... He did not want it. He didn't care. He wasn't like, I'm going to go up there and dunk. He's not injured. Then he got in the nets. He was like, oh, I'll dunk for you guys. I will dunk for you guys. Y'all guys are going to give me a ring? I'll dunk for you. The nets have looked good in the first round, Zach. The defense has been well, uh, although they did lose last night to the Celtics uh, in, in the garden. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the nets probably still going to win this round. But that being said, when they get the Bucks, second round, I told you way early in the season. Well, here's They're the out in the second round. Doesn't I, matter what they I would do now. love to see it, but I I just see Giannis just taking Kevin Durant to the rack every time. Because if you try to put Kevin Durant on Giannis, Giannis is going to muscle him and then uh, probably bother Kevin Durant's leg at some point over the course of the series. Giannis is not going to get hurt. I think the Bucks are going to win that series. The, the Nets are not going to gonna make it to the NBA it would definitely Eastern be a good Conference case Finals. For Giannis, but the problem is if you just get in a three point contest with him, you got shooters on the Bucks, but. Not like those three, dude. And plus Joe Harris. You got Joe Harris out there with Kyrie, um, James Harden, and Durant. But here's the thing. James Harden dropped 41 last night, outdueled by a 21, 22-year-old JT, Jason Tatum. I just called him JT. JT. Wow. 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 I don't know what that was. <laughs> I just called him uh, J Jason Tatum anyways. Four 50-point games in the last, like, two months. That's crazy. Including I mean, a 60-burger. And well, and but I think that's the problem with the Celtics. 
is that they have he has to do that every game for them to win this series, and he's not going to be able to do that every game. That's just I'm surprised he's done it this many. Did times, you see? Though. Did you see the Kimba stat line? Oh my! God. He had like three point three shots made on thirteen attempts in the fourth quarter. It was I'm just like. Andy was over and we were talking and he was like, I got to cheer on the C's. I'm always rooting for the home team. I was like, you can't cheer the C's if you're a Charlotte fan. Can't I, cheer for the I'm C's. I'm still resentful. Exactly. So as, as I told Andy, I was like, Zach's still resentful. He should have took doesn't. less money to stay home, dude. Like, the Celtics are... And the Hornet... I mean, there's... On the Hornet social media and Hornets Reddit, they say that the Hornets won the trade. You're misinformed. There was no trade. We lost Kimball Walker to free agency. Signed Terry Rozier from free agency. Waited a year, signed Gordon Hayward from free agency. It just looks like we took Boston's team, but we took the best part of Boston. If you look timeline-wise, Boston was their best when they had Scary Terry and they had Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown was young and we didn't have Jason Tatum yet. That's when they were at their best, when you had these guys. So we took the good stuff and then we left them with Jalen Brown, who obviously got hurt, I understand. Jason Tatum, who is a star. But, like you said, if Jason Tatum doesn't drop 50, the Celtics are losing, and which is why Stevens is on the hot seat. Oh, man. I, yeah, I don't know if Stevens is going to be there, or does it fall to Ainge? Does it does it actually go up the ladder? And I they, mean, you got 20 and if you picks. Take Ainge, if you take Stevens out, like, or Ainge out, you're going to take Stevens out. But. but here's the thing, too, with the Celtics. They were hedging their bets. They were going to have a run in Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis, there was obviously that report about the Celtics pissing him off or something or his dad or whatever it was. They He was like, I don't want my son to go play for the Celtics. It yeah. probably has something to do with the racism that Kyrie Irving, Irving was talking about. But um, they just haven't had a good big man. If you're if, just, which one doesn't, which one stands out? You know, like those old school problems. You got Jason Tatum and we're, I feel weird putting Jalen Brown even in this group. I feel like Jason Tatum's a tier above Jalen Brown. He is, so absolutely. if we're looking at your top three, it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Enos Cantor. Like, get out of here. I mean, they got Tristan Thompson as oh, their big oh, man. I didn't even and know like, Tristan Thompson really is The only is reason not. Tristan Thompson is a name is because LeBron got him paid that contract. Tristan Thompson's an offensive rebounder, end of story. I'm not in the same sentence as Anthony Davis. If you're Absolutely. hedging your bets for Anthony Davis and you end up with Ennis Cantor or Tristan Thompson, it is a failure. Same thing with the Hornets. I want a real big man, and we're going to end up getting like Daniel Thice in the offseason <laughs> this year, or we're going to get Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento, which, don't get me wrong, it's going to be an upgrade for us because we have the worst starting group of centers, big men, in the league. So... And to play in the Charlotte, Charlotte picked up the fifth year or fourth year option of James Borrego. So we have the same coach. We're running it back, same team, but we are getting a big man. Gotta get it's, a big it's, man. It's a glaring problem. Glaring problem. Well, if you watch across, if you watch across the league, I mean, Drummond I've playing Drummond great for, for the, the Lakers. Sort of built around a big man mentality uh, with the with the Hawks. You know, you got Capella there. They they're really built on the idea that we're just going to pl- do floaters and you know. But look at you. You got the lead league and rebounder, and you just let Trey Young go to work, and Capella's just going to clean it up and kick it back and out. And then to kick him. it out to threes. Um, you know, everybody. it's infuriating how easy basketball is. The, get a big ass center and get surrounded with people that can shoot. And the Sixers are they right there with you? I mean, the Sixers have looked great uh, playing the Wizards. Did we, did, we didn't talk about yet that Russell Westbrook had popcorn dumped on him after the last game by a Sixers fan. It's just like okay, so crazy. Im- immediate reaction. Go ahead. Immediate reaction. Immediate reaction. I'm like two things: waste of popcorn. Second, why you gotta do that? Like, what on earth did you succeed at by doing that to Russell Westbrook? Like, you just look like a dummy. 
dumbass, you know? Like, what do you do? My my initial reaction is like, I get it. I'm, I mean, I get being a fan and throwing your popcorn at somebody. I mean, the media blowing it up like this. Are you kidding me? Like, anytime you don't like stuff, like, historically, you throw tomatoes on stage. Like, you throw food on stage. Like, it's, you know, like in But theater, also, Zach, I don't think you can do that nowadays. I'm not advocating for throwing popcorn on Russell Westbrook. And I'm I saying don't... how you get mad and you feel disrespected. Here's my thing. Is it that big of a deal? Like, no. people get, Russell Westbrook's ready to jump up into the stands and mess somebody up because he got popcorn dumped on. I was like, first off, chill the fuck out. Second off, the guy shouldn't have done it. And the guy who did it's probably some guy who always got what he wanted. He's entitled. He's never had discipline. Needs some humble pie. Like, I would never dump popcorn on somebody. In the same way, I would never spit on somebody. Exactly. And both those fans have been banned from life for life from yeah, these I mean, arenas. I'm always questioning why you do these things and then you get banned for life. Was it really worth it? Was I mean, it worth it? I mean, you're definitely acting out, but Put it's, it to it's the conducive man. to the environment. You're in New York where your fans are chanting as a whole F Trey Young to start the game. Trey Young is like 23 years old and has never done anything. And Absolutely loved it, though. He said he loves that. <laughs> oh, Trey Young embracing the villain. We need more Trey Youngs. We need more villains. We need he needs a haircut, but we need, <laughs> I just got one. So that I hair is, that. I'm, the problem is that hair doesn't look like there's a lot of, there's very wispy. So like he can't shave it off. Cause like, Trey Young it's just looks, bald or that. Trey Young is, he looks like he's somewhere between 25 and 82 years That's old. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like it's wispy. It's like, could it fly off at any point? It, I don't think it's a hair piece. Cause you would want it to look better than that. But uh, anyways, I like Trey Young embracing the villain role. I don't, like how easily people are calling him a villain either i don't think he's a villain i just think he was getting crap talked by the crowd and he's i would do the same thing if i was going off if i was going off in madison square garden while getting chanted f you and we win you best believe i would probably flick off the crowd with both fingers dude like are you kidding me like that sounds amazing that sounds like trey young is my favorite player now and he's on my opposing rivalry team look his hair just came up on just the screen. flew up on the screen <laughs> there was not much of it floating in the air basically but um i like that that series is going great so far the knicks lost again so hawks are up 2-1 the series i do want to talk about just popped up let's dig into the suns a little bit let's because without chris paul's shoulder injury how is this series going for you daniel I think without Chris Paul, without Chris Paul getting a shoulder injury, not being able to play 100, percent I think that I think the Suns were going to be able to probably pull it to seven games, maybe not win it, but at least get it to seven because like I don't know, Aiton was. I think DeAndre Ayton was playing appropriate, like just good enough that he was going to be. Great. And like the fact now that there's not Chris Paul out there, I think that's affecting the rest of the team. Like now there's more on Devin Booker and Ayton and like and Cameron Payne and He's Cameron Payne. So uh, it's and definitely Devin Booker's missing shots. Like, you don't have the depth on the bench to be able to put in. Like if Cameron Payne's coming off the bench when uh, you know when Chris Paul comes onto the bench, then you got you're more confident about your second team out there. We're like if the Hawks, for example. When Trey Young comes off and Lou Will takes over the offense, I just know we're not going to score points like we do with Trey Young out there. It's just the facts. So, like, Cameron Payne being the second team point guard was probably a huge benefit for this team. And he's played well, but the thing is, is Chris Paul has you thinking. Like, Chris Paul's whole play style is get the ball from the top, dribble it inside the arc in the mid-range, and make the big man commit to him because you know he's going to make the mid-range shot or he's going to drive right past you, make a layup, or he's going to pass it to the big man you just left to cover Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a maestro. He is the point god. And with Devin Booker running around in circles just getting open and the threat of DeAndre Ayton down low and Chris Paul, you have a formula that's going to beat the Lakers, especially when Anthony Davis is playing lackluster energy. 
But with Anthony Davis energy up, no scoring from Chris Paul, no offense initiation from Chris Paul, and Devin Booker shooting in the low 30s from three-point land, I'm not going to say I told you so. <laughs> but wait, I'm going to say I told you so. I think you were Chris doing Paul's the MVP of the year, and Devin Booker's not that good. <laughs> Zach, you know what we haven't talked about? The number one seeded Utah Jazz They're in the so West. Boring. Like it's the most They're boring so thing. Boring. It's tied one one. Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all as they play the what did, uh, Memphis Grizzlies. What happened in Utah that caused Dwayne Wade to be as a partial owner? I'm going to respond this this week. Something happened there. Was it the fans? I'm not sure. There was a statement made about. Dwayne Wade made an official statement as a partial owner of the Utah Jazz after um, it had something to do with the fans. Fans might have been racist. I don't know. They're in Utah. Why is there so many racist fans? <laughs> Just say they suck at basketball. Just say you have no talent. No and talent. Call them and by then name. repeat no talent Trust after. Me, it it's works. very simple. It works. <laughs> call people bald. That gets to them. Hits bald. them in the heart. <laughs> make fun of physical appearances. Don't. <laughs> that are not skin related. Not skin related. <laughs> like you can make fun of people's hair. You can make fun of people's. Like awkwardly shaped ears or something, but like we just, just go don't such single strange out and hate things. them for their skin color. It's simple, people. Don't do it. Don't discriminate. <laughs> just intimidate. Intimidate them <laughs> because ah! they're bad at sports. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so simple. Like Kyrie Irving making these comments. Like I just hope that when I go to the Garden and I return to Boston, that everyone's not racist. <laughs> I'm like, eh, they're probably going to be i mean i feel like you just invited it tenfold you did you ask for it absolutely <laughs> that's now, true you have now asked for a barrage of racism from the racist Kyrie. <laughs> I, I can't advocate for it but i'm just gonna go ahead and warn you i feel like you have invited more racism uh, yeah i do i do think you're right when you it's just like pointing poking at the bear like when your spouse chews chips loudly and you never noticed it but then someone's like do you hear how loudly they chew chips and now you're like, wait, all I can hear is them chewing chips. Like, why you, gotta, why you got to burst my bubble? Now all the media is going to hear is all this racism at the Boston games, which may be a good thing because maybe you start throwing people out for being racist. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm like, if you're acting unruly, but it's crowd mentality, man. You're just going to get a whole arena of racism now. Mm-hmm. It's people, have, and I, I tell you, man, people more unruly lately with uh, being Energy's cooped high. up. We're people well are energized and ready to go for stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, Zach. The only other series we have not discussed, Nuggets Trailblazers. I'm not even interested in this one either, but other than the fact that have you ever heard of a team potentially losing their superstar in the first round of the playoffs because they just wouldn't let him play? Who are you referring Donovan to? Donovan Mitchell, angry with the team because he didn't get to play in the first game. They lose the first game, and... I mean, he was very unruly. But what do we? What happens if you play that game and you lose and you get hurt? You know, that's or, true. But so, I mean, oh, and Denver playoff. now leads two one in the series. But you know, it play, this is just another addition to the scrapbook of Donovan Mitchell laying the work of him leaving Utah. He just signed a major contract, I'm sure. But there's already been rift between him and Rudy, him and management. And I mean, he's getting his money, but I wouldn't. He's gonna leave Utah after this contract, especially if they can't break through as a one seed, because they're not gonna beat the Lakers. No, yeah, definitely not. You're gonna put Andre Drummond on Rudy Gobert, and you're gonna, or you're gonna put Anthony Davis on him and draw him out, and Drummond's gonna score 25 a game. You're gonna get Rudy, but Gobert cannot cover Drummond and Anthony Davis at the same time with a LeBron James. On the well, and Rudy Gobert it gets sort of singled out on on the defensive side yeah, just every make him single playoff. <laughs> So, um, I think that's all we got for the NBA. That's a lot of NBA. But, Zach, 
How long's the pod right now? I'm not sure. I can't see. It's a little far away. About 30 minutes ish. All right. Um, we'll try to wrap it up. Quick triumph update. Um, your Greenville triumph sitting at four. Sorry, three zero and one. One draw to Union Omaha. Union Omaha and ESPN Plus. Uh, we already talked about that. Talked about the idea, you know, that we really needed uh, with this three week break we're going on when Union Omaha and a bunch of teams are going to be playing while we're not. And so the big hope was that Union Omaha was not going to keep getting points. And Zach, Wednesday night, great result for the Greenville Triumph. Union Omaha goes up to Ford Madison in Wisconsin, draw, loses 1 0, 0 points. That's huge. Uh, so now we just gotta really hope with like they got three games remaining while we're off. We just gotta hope that maybe like you know maybe one win, a draw, or two draws, or another loss would be great. Um, and we gotta hope sort of for Madison sort of stops winning because they're on a bit of a roll right now. Um, and then the uh, the rest of the table, uh, everybody's sort of sitting very mid table right now. Everybody's sort of jostling for positions, trying to get into you know a good spot for the end of the season push. We're still early in the season. Uh, do note, Toronto finally has started their season. They're playing uh, a few weeks in Arizona, and then we'll be moving to Orlando to play. But Toronto, uh, guys, they're playing like eight games in like two weeks or something. Like They literally are playing just multiple games back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. It's ridiculous. Um, so we'll keep checking in on the table in the league, keeping up to date with that. Greenville Triumph played Tormenta this past Saturday. Uh, that was the third one of the season. Lomas with a great goal. It was stunning, honestly. Um, team looks good, Zach. I'm going to be honest. We, me and Andy sort of been talking about them a little bit. Watching this team, we don't... We haven't put together a full great game yet, minus the North Texas win when we've won 4-0. But that being said, like this team every game has consistent chances on goal. And uh, Union Omaha this past Wednesday playing for Madison had zero shots on target. We have yet to do that. We're not when we were we're out there. If we're not scoring goals, we're at least getting close to scoring goals. We're on target. We're out there putting in chances. Defense has looked excellent, um, and we're finally getting healthy. We got to see a 25 minutes of Aaron Walker in midfield, and that sort of sparked the offense a lot for us. Um, so yeah. I'm, Really pumped for this team right now. I think we have we are looking good, and I think this is a team that's definitely going to be able to make a push for a championship. When's the next home game? Next home game? I'm not sure. Let's see. A road trip currently? Oh man, dude, a road trip would be fun. Uh, we'll get updates for you. But anyways, I'm trying to think. Football world. Aaron Rodgers still causing rifts. You got a uh, Mac Jones wearing number fifty at practice. Apparently, Bill Belichick makes his top draft pick wear a number 50 practice jersey. At least he has the last four years. He'll The number one pick by the Patriots each draft have to wear a number 50 at practice. They have to earn their number. Regardless of position, you come in, you wear number 50 on the practice squad. Uh, okay. I like it. I like That's that. cool. I respect that. I pretty that. much respect everything Bill Belichick does. And then um, You got to. He's one of them. I think Sam Darnold at camp with the Panthers. Exciting. Tebow got his first action. Aaron Rodgers not going to the OTAs, no, but at the same time. And all the receivers for the Packers didn't show up. Really, I did not know that. That's big news, oh, I feel yeah. like. Big, big standout there in uh, – See the Julio nice. Jones story, Shannon I was Sharp. Watching live. Oh my gosh! I had undisputed on TV, and Shannon Sharp pulled out his phone and called Julio, and he answered. And it sounded like Julio answered on his phone, and then he switched it to like car Bluetooth. He was in his car, you could hear. But I mean, everyone's like, "What a 
injustice of journalism. Shannon Sharp called Julio. First off, Julio, Shannon Sharp calls you. You know he's on Undisputed. Second off, Skip Bayless yelled on speakerphone while Shannon Sharp was on the phone. Well, Skip s- Bayless did quickly back up and not say anything, and he didn't go out of his way to be like, we're on Undisputed right now. Neither did Shannon. But, you gotta say that. That's the one thing is you have to make that statement, even if like they don't care or anything. That being said, because there is potential, Julio does thing. not How say that if that? he knows it was not planned. When Shannon Sharp pulls his phone out and makes a phone call on live TV, but that is he, not something he planned to but do. But did he send Julio a text the night? Maybe before? he sent Julio a text or something, or, or even a text to Julio's like, "Is it cool if you let it out that Atlanta?" But it's the cat. The thing is, I think you can tell by the casualness of Julio's answer that it was not something that he exactly knew was going to be on live TV or anything. When he goes. You still with the Falcons? Like, oh no, I'm out of there. There's if he knew he was going to be on live TV, there a, would be more of a polished statement there. That's not just something so. you throw. I out disagree. There like that. I found that statement very neutral. I found that statement not him crapping on the organization. I took that statement as the organization is not valuing him because he didn't say, "Man, I hate Atlanta. I'm out of there." He said, "Nah, man, I'm out of there." That is a contract statement. There is a disagreement on terms. Obviously, he wants to win more, and they don't want to make it happen. They want to ride this Matty Ice train. They want to ride the defense sucking. They want to ride the same coaches, basically. And that statement by Julio was like, nah, man, I'm out of there, as in it's over. Our time is up. That's not, I don't like the city of Atlanta. I don't appreciate everything that happened. It's the same thing. Brady is in Tampa now. Aaron Rodgers is about to be on a different team. Joe Montana went to a different team. And Julio Jones is not an exception. Plus, with his injury history... He has more clout on his name than he does production. I don't, at this point. and I don't fault Julio for saying it. Like I think Julio said the exact right thing or anything. But that being said, you do have to think like Julio. That like just as far as the perception and the media and things. Like if you're another team and this is what Julio's doing, this could be a red flag for another team. So like you're definitely going to have more of a polished manner about going about this if you're wanting to actually put that out there. It's the same premise as Aaron Rodgers' party. If if they did put out the stuff uh, to giving the stuff to uh, uh, Adam Schefter before the draft about him being unhappy with the organization, even if that's his party, it's not Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying it on like a phone call or something. That's he he schedules that with his party. He's like get this out to these people. They get it out the right people. The right people are then. You, and Adam Schefter could have easily had that information for he he I think he's already admitted that he had that information for a while and just didn't drop it because he wasn't supposed to. Not supposed to. Whatever. Get out of here. I, I was watching the episode live and the way it went down, Shannon Sharp had obviously talked to Julio and he knew where Julio stood on the subject because Skip Bayless was being ridiculous. And Shannon Sharp said, Skip, you were being ridiculous. I'm going to end this right now. <laughs> And obviously Julio didn't care that much. Julio hadn't made any big actions no, against it. No. That's the first time I've heard Julio Jones talk. Well, and I think this is probably it's beneficial for Julio. Like Julio now, like this is just like allowed the Falcons to have e- easy open trade talks now. Like there's no They had easy it. open trade talks before this. This is the argument is this is hurting the Falcons. Who cares about the Falcons first off? Second off. Oh my god. It's I feel like this is such a non-issue. It's not an issue, but it I, is. I get how it was great TV. Journalistically, not an appropriate way to do it, but at the same time. Oh, since the, if, since, since the media handles everything so <laughs> so oh, perfectly, perfectly, and so morally justice, per, like correctly. Shut up. 
Well, and the rest, and a lot of people do got to think. Shannon Sharp is not a journalist. That is a football player made into a media personality. It's not it's just, like it's not even that he is a journalist now. He is a, absolutely just a media personality. So, go Shannon. Go That's Shannon. Why we named an episode after you. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're out of here. Episode eighty-four. Randy Moss, Phil, Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. Uh, smaller logos. Smaller logos. All right. Have a great week. Follow us on all the platforms. Thank you for listening.